Hello and welcome into NCBI's Technology Podcast. My name is Stuart Lawler. This is episode number 67 for January 2018. Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you, as always, for downloading and subscribing to our monthly technology podcast. Hope you had a great Christmas and a relaxing break and are ready for the year ahead and feeling refreshed. We certainly are here at NCBI. Now, stay with us for the next 50 or so minutes because Sharon Lyons is talking document collaboration with Google Docs. Some very cool stuff going on there. I'm demonstrating a skill or an app called News Over Audio on the Amazon Echo. And following a technical glitch in December, we replay in full Hector Minto's presentation from the Freedom Tech Assistive Technology Conference. That's all coming up on this month's edition of NCBI's Technology Podcast. Well, we're starting this month and indeed this year with a bit of an apology to uh, all our podcast listeners. You will have uh, heard me just now mentioning the uh, the technical difficulties we experienced in December and we were unable to bring you Hector Minto's piece. That's Hector Minto from Microsoft, uh, even though we did mention it in our podcast. The piece did go on to uh, an initial version of our podcast and about a day after publication, one or two people had contacted me to say there's a problem with the piece. It's dropping in and out and can't hear it properly. Um, and unfortunately, we ran out of time, so I removed it from um, the podcast and re-released it without Hector Minto. So my sincere apologies to everybody if you were looking forward to hear that. Fear not, it is coming up a little bit later on on this podcast. Now, we have an exciting year ahead planned, but of course, your participation is the most important thing. We by no means know everything about technology and NCBI, far from it. And indeed, we're always learning and always excited to hear what technology our listeners are using. So if you're doing something cool with technology, why not share it with our podcast listeners? Get in touch with us, technologypodcast at ncbi.ie or call our comment line on 01-882-1930. Now, NCBI's Virtual Technology Club launched in April of last year. We were really excited about this because it's uh, creating this space that is uh, virtual, non-geographic. You can join anywhere in the world. And indeed, we had a lot of international interest in this initiative uh, when we got it going last year. Well, we're delighted to announce that every on the last Thursday of every month, we're going to be running our virtual technology sessions. And indeed, we have plans to broaden the club or the meeting space um, to cover other things as well. So, for example, we might decide to do something around cooking for visually impaired, or we might have a session on finding work or indeed anything that people want. And as we've said before, when we've talked about the Virtual Technology Club, it's your space, it's your um, meeting platform where you can discuss er um, areas that are of interest to you or bring topics to our virtual table. Now, we're just about to publish and I think think by the time uh, I release this podcast, we will have published on our website uh, www.ncbi.ie forward slash technology details of the next virtual technology club and more importantly um, uh, an information booklet on the new meeting platform that we're using, which is called Zoom cloud meetings. If you haven't experienced this before, it's really good. One of the big advantages for us is that people can join 
without having any technology at all. You can just use a standard telephone if you want to dial into our meetings. So have a look on ncbi.ie forward slash technology. Uh, download the quick start guide and have a read, which and it should help you get your uh, technology in place to join our next meeting, which is scheduled for the 25th of January. That's uh, Thursday. If you have problems in the meantime, of course, give us a call at NCBI, our contact Paul Trainer, our chief tech support officer, because there's not much about technology that Paul doesn't know. Um, that tech support number, of course, is 1850-923060, open Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. Now I'm looking forward to an exciting year of technology podcasts. Delighted to be back with you for January. So let's get going and uh, talk all things, all things shortcuts with Sharon Lyons. Sharon, welcome back and Happy New Year. Hi, Stuart. Happy New Year and Happy New Year to everybody listening. So today we're kind of doing something interesting because Sharon's going to show me how we, and this is kind of we, we talked about on the last uh, podcast, we talked about Google and this this cloud sharing idea. And we talked about collaboration within Google Docs. We're going to actually mm-hmm. illustrate this today. I haven't done this yet. So Sharon's going to talk us through how to do it. Sharon's got her NVDA set up. I have my JAWS with Google Chrome logged into my Google account. um, And we'll just see how all this works, Sharon. I'm kind of excited about it. (laughs) Indeed, it's a world first. It's a world first. Okay, (laughs) so we're going to try this. And and I suppose, you know, we should say we don't know. You know, some of this may (laughs) may, may not work. It'll be interesting to see how different, you know, how JAWS behaves with with the whole Google Docs thing, how NVDA Mm -hmm. behaves. But we'll see how we get on. And so, yeah, so I'm using NVDA. Do you remember you asked me uh, um, last time, Stuart, how does NVDA work with all of this? And and I said, oops, I haven't tried it. So um, I have been trying NVDA and, of course, it works great. Um, I've had similar little issues with, you know, the virtual cursor thing. So um, I had to switch it off. Um, a couple of times but so that might come up again so we'll we'll go with it um but so i'm using nvda with google chrome and you're using jaws with google chrome right okay so and i've got jaws 2018 i've got the latest version and i've got google chrome and i've signed in to my google drive so if i do an insert and t here we should hear my jaws my drive google drive google chrome so there we go. Mm-hmm. I'm in my drive, Google Chrome. And I can do that too. My drive, Google Drive. Okay, so we're, <laughs> both, we're, we're both starting at the very same place. Absolutely. So um, I got a great tip from, uh, actually from AFB, the American Foundation for the Blind, mm-hmm. of how to create a new document from Google Drive without having to go, do you remember we pressed C and we went down this menu that kind of down to Google Docs and press enter. Um, There's actually a shortcut you can do straight from Google Drive to create a new document. Um, Hopefully it'll work. It's Shift and T. Wow. Okay. So I'm on Google Drive. I do Shift T. Untitled window. Main toolbar. Wow. Menu button view site information. Press and search bar edit. Okay. Selected HTTPS. Um, she starts slash reading the now that's the same thing as jaws just started reading the the um the url um but i can do insert t untitled document google docs there we go so we have a new document shift t and bing it appears how great is that <laughs> now 
I am going to type something into this document so you have something to collaborate on. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to do a list. So I'm going to type away here. Two point. And... So you're currently creating a document that you're going to share with me in a moment. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to make some comments on it. Absolutely. Um, And I'll explain these in a second. Okay. Okay. So I've got three points here. So one point get haircut. So this is my plans for the year. Okay. Okay. We're going to comment on these plans in a moment. Two-point insulate roof space. Okay. Three-point go to carry. So I have a list of uh, different things that I'm going to do. I could add to that list. Actually, I just thought something else. But anyway, um, now I'm going to share this document. And there's a few different ways you can share a document from Google Docs. You can actually do it from Google Drive. So you can select a document and you can do like a um, applications key and go to share it. Um, or another nifty shortcut. I think if you press full stop in Google Drive, it gives you the sharing options. But seeing as I'm in a document, and I think, right, okay, I want to know what Stuart thinks about this right now, um, I can share from in, in the document. What I do is I go to the file menu. File submenu, one of 10. So I did Alt-F to go to the file menu in Google Docs, and I can press S or I can arrow down. Share, S one of one. Share is um, the first thing on the menu, and I'll press enter. Name before sharing dialogue. Give your untitled document a name before it's shared. Edit. Selected get haircut. Okay, so this is quite interesting. I haven't actually named the document yet, and it's asking me, would you like to give your document a name before you actually share it? So it's a very, it's an easy way of actually giving your document a name. I think we did renaming how you rename your document um, last time. But if you're going off to share, it says, right, give me a better name than get haircut. Okay. (laughs) This is just picking up the first line there. So I'm going to say 2018. So 2008 plans. Okay. And I'll press enter. Plans. Share with others dialogue. Here we go. Enter names or email addresses. Combo box editable has autocomplete. Yeah. Enter names or email addresses. Okay, I'm going to. Um, she's a bit pushy, isn't she? She's a little bit um, pushy, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to put in your email address now. So that's in. And now I'm going to tab around because it will give me some options on how... Uh, what what permissions I'm going to give you? <laughs> I okay. add more people. Oh, okay. So I, I tabbed and it it's given me an option to add more people. Now we'll just stick with two people collaborating for now. Access level for invited people. Okay, so now I have access level. Um, and I think I do down arrow at this point to get options. Expanded. Yeah. Can edit radio menu item checked one of three. So it said can edit... And it said it's checked. So at the moment, I said that you can edit it. And if you can edit it, it means you can do whatever you like okay. <laughs> to my document. But um, it's not that I don't trust you, Stuart, but <laughs> for this demo, I'm going to go to the next option. Document. 
share with others dialogue it takes a while to access level say more this. invited people list expanded sub menu can comment radio menu item two of ah, three very good. okay, okay. Yeah, and just and I'm going to press enter on that, but just to say that the, it said two of three, and the third one is can view, so you can just uh, share a document and let someone view it and not edit or comment on it. So okay. I'll press enter on can comment. Access level for invited people. And then I'm going to tab. Add a note, edit multi-line. I could add, add a, a note, note, which means that... Um, because what this does, it will send an email to you, Stuart, to say that I've shared the document with you mm -hmm. and I can add a note to explain about it if I wanted to. I won't need to this time. But send button. And then a tab to the send button and press enter. OK, so what you will get, you'll get an email telling you that I've shared that document, but you'll, you don't need to read the email or accept it or anything. You can, it should just instantly be in your um, shared with me. Okay, so I'm I'm now on my my drive Google Drive Google Chrome my drive. I'm going mm -hmm. to uh, go to the GN, isn't that right? Mm, that's I'm, right. So I'm going to press G and my drive Google Drive document navigation region folders and views preview my drive closed. And I'm going to go six. to shared with me share with me with me and press enter share with me yep. main region share data reverse sort direction share items preview share items preview extended select list box not selected 2018 plans Google Docs one of and there here's Sharon's go. file called 2018 plans. Read attendees Google Sheets. 2018 plans Google Docs. One to one. 2018 plans. So that's the one. Okay, I have it highlighted. Yep, and then just press enter. One to one. Share items preview menu. Two links. Frame read only. Edit document Share content. Edit. Share items preview menu. Menu sub menu collapse. Edit menu sub menu collapse. New menu sub menu collapse. Skip insert. Insert menu sub menu collapse. Now, now I'm going to that? only speed. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to sh um, slow down my jaws. It seems to have speeded up again for some reason. Slower. Insert menu sub menu collapsed. Okay, and uh, Stuart Lawler has joined the document. Your one said. Yes, it did indeed. Okay. Now, yes. Um, now, if I you're you're at the top of the document at the moment, and if I arrow up to where you are, blank, blank. Oh, blank. <laughs> And now, um, no next heading. Yeah, I've got that problem again. Here we go. Three points Here we go. go to carry. So I'm going to arrow up menu, to collapse. where you are. Two points. Stuart Lawler is editing this list item. item. One point. Get haircut. <laughs> so I've moved up to the point that you're on. Point number one. Blank. And it's now telling me that you are editing. You're on the same paragraph as mm -hmm. me. Yep. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. So if you arrow down. Two point insulate roof space. Sharon Lyons is editing this list item. One point get haircut. Okay. One point get haircut. So it's a little bit confusing, but it's actually saying on both sides, it's telling me no uh, when we're on the same place. Mm-hmm. And it's telling you when when we're in the same on the same place as yeah. well. If, so it's saying that I'm editing um, at the same time as you're editing mm -hmm. in the same place in the document. If that makes sense. So there's there's a lot of information <laughs> happening there. So as I'm arrowing down, yeah, my my screen reader is telling me, for example, you are no longer you are no longer editing near collaborators. Near collaborators. 
space. Uh, and now I'm going to go up arrow. Sharon Lyons is editing this list item. One point, get haircut. And I can hear your screen reader in the background telling me that I'm editing this item. So yeah, we're, we're on the same document. Yeah. Now, would you like to add something to my list? Yeah, I'm going to... Uh, well, I, I can only comment on it, can't I? I can't add to it. You can. Do- well, oh. you can add to it, but it will be it will come up as a suggestion. OK. So if you go down to point four and, and, and add three, something. Four points. OK. And place. four is going to be um, complete monthly podcast recordings. Very good. OK. And what I can do now is I can arrow down to where you've put that two point insulate three point go to Kerry Stuart Lawler is editing editing this list list item four point suggestion start complete monthly podcast recordings that is incredible that is brilliant (laughs) this is this is true collaboration isn't it yeah and you hear it says like it says that you're editing this at the time and it also says where your suggestions start Mm -hmm. reads the suggestion and then says where the suggestion ends. Yeah. Um, but I have control over that now, whether whether I accept that or not. So I could actually accept that because that that's a good point. So <laughs> what I can do is there are shortcuts to do this, um, but I couldn't really get them to work. And they're quite long shortcuts anyway. You know, you kind of have to do a kind of lot, a lot of keys together. So I found it actually easier to go to a menu that's called accessibility and accept the suggestion from there. So it's Alt-A for the accessibility menu, which is nice. Accessibility submenu 10 of 10. And I can go down. Speak S submenu 1 of 11. So I can get it to speak different things. Um, but I'm going to go down to comment. Comment C submenu 2 of 11. Okay, right arrow. Speak comment C control plus alt plus a control plus alt plus C 1 of 10. Now, did you hear that kind of <laughs> loads of yeah, stuff? Yeah, loads of you'd alt, want. A control alt C. Yeah, so I'm going to arrow down now in this menu um, and I should be able to find accept suggestion. Accept suggestion L 9 of 10. Ooh. Jump down to it. That's nice. Um, I think it kind of knows actually. <laughs> um, when you're on a suggestion, it kind of gives you accept or um, reject or reject. 10 of 10. Mm-hmm. Accept suggestion L nine of ten. So I pre- press enter on accept. Document blank. Suggestion accepted. There we go. And now if I arrow back onto that. Sharon Lyons has left this list item. Sharon Lyons is editing this list item. That is incredible. No longer says it's a suggestion now. So I could from here then. You are no longer Sharon Lyons is editing this list. I could enter another list item here by pressing enter. I presume five point five. So we'll just say um, this list item. Develop a plan to um, increase. Numbers of people in an ECDL class. Period. I, I feel like I'm I'm writing some kind of a performance management piece for you, Sharon. 
<laughs> Back to the old days. Back Jim. to the old days. Uh, now, so what, what about? So here's a, a, an option. Um, you are no longer editing your collaborators. Five point develop a plan to increase numbers of people in an ECDL class. So here's the here's the suggestion. What about if you didn't like that and you said, "No, I don't want that <laughs> suggestion. I don't want to <laughs> do <would> this." Do? <laughs> okay. Well, let's say I didn't for some reason. Um, uh, so Alt A accessibility submenu arrow text. down to comment C submenu two of eleven arrow to the right speed this comment time. C control plus Alt plus a control plus Ooh. Alt plus speed comment speak and open enter cut move move to next suggestion move to previous suggestion speak comment Ooh. C it's not available okay that's interesting oh and you know why it's not available. I can't accept the suggestion because I'm not on it. Ah, right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yes. So if, if I couldn't hear you actually typing that, I wouldn't have necessarily known it was there. Mm -hmm. uh, I would have known that you were editing something, but I actually have to be on the suggestion to react to it. So if I arrow, I'm still on complete monthly podcast recordings here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if I arrow down. Sharon Lyons is editing this list item. Suggestion entered five point develop a plan to increase numbers of people in an ECDL class. Okay. Suggestion end. There we go. So now if I do Alt A. Accessibility sub down to comments. Comment C arrow right. Move to previous suggestion K arrow control. Down. Accept suggestion L9 of 10. So I'll reject it this time. Mm -hmm. Reject suggestion R10 of 10. This, this isn't how I feel about the suggestion. I know, I know, Sharon. <laughs> I know you want to develop all sorts of plans. Okay. Which, yeah. So uh, enter on that. Suggestion rejected. So now I'll arrow up on mine. You are no longer editing 2.3.go to carry. Sharon Lyons is editing this list item. 4.complete monthly podcast recordings. 4.complete. Yeah, and it's gone. It's been deleted automatically because it's you rejected it. So we've been doing comments. Uh, you've been typing things in as suggestions but say you didn't want to type something you just wanted to give me some advice yes. on um one of the points maybe mm -hmm. um so what you do is you go to the point that you want to comment okay, on okay let's get the haircut one okay okay um and i'm i'm kind of down on a number four podcast recording so i'm out of the way at the moment um and you can comment on it by doing Control Alt M. Control Alt N. M. Oh, sorry, M for M. M for mother. M for comment. Yes. Okay, so Control Alt M. Control Alt M. Add a comment dialog. Add a comment. comment edit combo. And I'm going to say where. E R E A. Blank. Uh, how Double. short will it be? Question mark. And do I press enter? Um. Maybe tab, just... Post comment button. Post comment, okay. Spacebar. Frame read only, read only, about blank. Comment created document region. Okay, and I presume if I open down... 2.1 point, point, get comment, start haircut, comment, end. Yeah, okay. so, yeah. So I, I don't know, actually. It's, that's one thing where it's not great that I don't know you've done a comment. Um... But if I move around, I will. So I'm going to go up. Three point go to Kerry. Two point insulate roof space. Sharon Stuart Lyons Lawler is editing, editing this, this list, list item. item. 
One point get comment, start haircut, comment, end. Right. So now it's rather than it saying it's a suggestion, it's telling me that there is a comment here on this particular um, point. Okay. And so what I can do is I can go to the accessibility menu. Accessibility submenu Again. 10 of 10. And go to comment. Comment C sub menu two of eleven. Arrow to the right. Speak comment C. Speak comment C. Speak control, comment. Plus okay. Alt plus a control so. plus alt plus C one of ten. And press enter on that. Document. Blank. Not on a comment. Oh no. <laughs> I'm not on a comment apparently. Okay. So I kind of have to move. Maybe if I one point get comment start haircut comment end. Okay. So the comment is on the word haircut. So I have to be on the word haircut. Does that make sense there? Mm -hmm. Did you hear that? Yeah. You are Sharon Lyons has left this list item. Sharon Lyons is editing this list item. So I'm in, I'm in the middle of the word haircut now. <laughs> um, let's try that again. Alt A. Access. Comments. comments moved. Speak, speak comment. comment. How short will it be? Very good. On 1817 today. Oh, and it gives, so it actually it gives says who and what time, and what time. you commented. <laughs> and the, I noticed, I think, a shortcut key there was Control, Alt, and C, I think, for the comment. But but as you say, there's a lot of uh, keys in some of those shortcuts, so they're easily mm. accessible from the menu anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I, I like the menu. I, I don't really want to try and kind of press all the buttons at once. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we have our comments. We have we've been able to edit, um, edit, I suppose, add something, have it either accepted or rejected, which essentially is the, 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 the Google equivalent of, of track changes, I suppose, in Microsoft Word. Um, yes. And then you have your comments. I must say, from my looking at that, I really struggle and i think this is me by the way not not the assistive technology or microsoft i struggle badly with track changes and understanding what a suggestion is this seems an awful lot clearer sharon um, yeah i I, I struggle with track changes as well not oh, just i'm glad to hear you said that okay um <laughs> I, I just hate them so uh, this seems an awful lot nicer and and it's much clearer what exactly you're accepting and rejecting now as we said a little while ago, maybe if there was more than two people, maybe it would get more complicated. I don't know. But I've mm. even found track changes with a document with two people really complicated. So mm. <laughs> this is better. Mm -hmm. um, so great shortcuts there. Um, and of course, the, the, just to remember the very beginning one there, the, 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 the shift and T within Google Drive to create a document is uh, well worth um, well worth making note of, I think. Uh, yes. Sharon, as always, thank you very much for introducing us to welcome. collaboration. And we look forward to talking to you in February with more shortcuts. Yep, great. Thanks, Stuart. Over the next couple of months on our technology podcast, we're going to explore the world of the Amazon Echo device. I was about to say the name of the device there, and I want to, um, I guess, give a little preface to this piece by saying that if you have one of these devices, these smart speakers in your home, I will be saying her name, the name by which most people identify her as in a moment. So you may wish to mute it or plug it out or turn it off for a little while. Um, I am, of course, as I said, speaking about the Amazon Echo. It's an amazing device. And with the availability of the Alexa app now in the Irish App Store. 
well, many more people are getting their hands on these devices. A lot of people may have got them for Christmas presents. A lot of people have been ordering them over the last little while. There's the original, the 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 big Echo, I suppose you could call it, um, which I brought in from the States in July 2016. And then there's the Echo Dot, which is the small little speaker. And now we've one called the Echo Show, which has a screen on it, which I haven't actually seen yet. But these devices are really interesting because blind or sighted, we integrate with them in the same way and we use natural language to engage with our smart speaker which is in turn looking at information on the internet that's essentially how they're working this month i want to show you a skill and a skill in amazon echo terminology is equivalent to an app on a mobile device so when somebody when a developer builds a skill they build a little program that has been written for, in this case, the smart speaker, the Amazon Echo smart speaker. And uh, then basically that uh, skill allows the speaker to do something or connects you with something or allows you to interact with something. So I'm going to show you one today. I'm very interested to hear what other people are using their Echoes for. So if you do something cool with your Echo, and there's all sorts of great things like the drop-in feature, which I've been playing with for the last while. If you do something cool with your Echo and you'd like to share it, drop us an email uh, to technologypodcast at ncbi.ie or uh, you can call our comment line on 018821930 and we'd love to know what you're doing with your Echo or if you'd like to come on and talk to us about it, that's even better. So to start it off, this month, I want to briefly show you a skill called NOAA, N-O-A, which stands for News Over Audio. Now, News Over Audio is actually an, an Irish company who are reading extracts from newspapers, and they have an app on iOS and Android and have recently launched uh, a skill uh, for the Amazon Echo. And the whole concept of NOAA, I think, is really interesting. And we in NCBI are very interested at how NOAA are doing this stuff and the content that they're, cho- that they're selecting. And they're pushing out this content to people with these devices. Now, Lo- NOAA launched their uh, skill for the Amazon Echo device just before Christmas. And I installed the skill a few days ago. Installing a skill, by the way, if you haven't done this on the Echo, you just have to ask the device to enable and you say the name of the skill. You can also do it using the um, Amazon Echo app and you can also do it uh, on the web. Now, I'm going to stop saying Amazon Echo and I'm going to start saying the device's name. So if you have an Amazon Echo device, you've had fair warning, switch it off if you don't want it to start getting upset when I start speaking. So let's make sure we can hear my device at the moment and say to it, Alexa, hello. Hi there. Alexa, what's the weather today? In Marino, it's three degrees with mostly cloudy skies. Tonight, you can look for showers with a low of three degrees. Okay, I think we're happy enough with that. We can hear her fine. She can hear us fine. So let's go with this. Alexa, play news over audio. Welcome to NOAA, the audio news app. Would you like to begin listening to today's editor's picks? Yes. So now it's going to load the picks from the editors. From Noah, this is Les Smith reading from the Voices section of The Independent, where Ben Chu writes, The enduring nature of ticket touting presents a curious economic paradox. 
Now, while that's reading, I'm going to turn this down a little bit. The article is reading away. This is a selection of the articles that they have available on the NOAA app. So this, you don't get the full amount here. They just pick four per day that they will give on the Echo service. So I'm going to turn this back up and I'm going to speak to my device. Alexa, next. Now we're going to go to the next article. Here we go. For Noah, Gronje Brookfield reading from the opinion section of the Financial Times. Rana Faruhar, three trends to move markets in 2018. January columns are full of predictions, yet as any good journalist... So this is a great little service. I've been using this for the last few days. Um, in the morning, actually, last week, one of the ones I was having my breakfast, just listening to this thing. Alexa, next. So we can move to the next article. Reading the news can be time-consuming. So let Noah read it to you. Download the Noah app today on iOS or Android for an easier way to stay informed, no matter how busy your schedule. So you get their advert every so often. But here's the next article. For Noah, this is Les Smith reading from The Independent, where in the business section, Chris Blackhurst writes... How the big banks are making a mockery of a genuine attempt to reform. So it's generally financial. There is some technology as well. Alexa, next. And we have one more article, I think. There's usually four. Here we go. For Noah, Gronje Brookfield reading The Financial Times View. Chip debacle shows need for emphasis on security. The modern world has been built on an expectation. Alexa, stop. So there you go. That is the NOAA skill, N-O-A. If you want to get it, you can say um, enable NOAA. And actually, just to show you, if you if you didn't want it anymore, Alexa, disable news over audio. I'm not sure what went wrong. Oh, well, there you go. Don't... Uh, don't try that, or maybe somebody else can try it and tell me what I did wrong. You're supposed to be able to tell her to disable skills. But uh, anyway, I don't want to disable Noah because I think it's great. And by the way, we're hoping to catch up with the Noah people uh, on this podcast either next month or the month after. So if you have any interesting skills, remember technologypodcast at ncbi.ie. And next month, we'll be doing more with this great smart speaker that we call Alexa. So all it really leaves for me to say is... Um, Alexa, thanks very much. You bet. Now you are listening to NCBI's Technology Podcast for January 2018. Uh, Thank you so much for downloading and subscribing to our Technology Podcast. I do hope, as always, that you're enjoying our program and feedback and comments are always welcome at technologypodcast at ncbi.ie or telephone our comment line and leave a message which we may use on a future program on 018821930. And isn't the Amazon Echo device. I'm not going to say her name again in case I trigger other people's devices. Isn't that device so exciting? So much potential and great work being done by the NOAA people. And as I say, we hope to talk to those guys um, on a future podcast, if not next month, then certainly the month afterwards. Now, on the December edition, we hoped to bring you Hector Minto, uh, accessibility evangelist with Microsoft. Of course, that didn't happen. I've mentioned those technical glitches earlier. And again, sincere apologies for that. 
that. But on November 16th, I was delighted to attend the first ever National Freedom Tech event, Freedom Tech Assembly, which was a coming together of many, many different individuals and groups to talk about technology, both assistive and mainstream. It was organised and driven out and pioneered by the Disability Federation of Ireland, DFI and Enable Ireland. We're going to talk with Siobhan Long on a future podcast about this initiative because the potential and I think the the follow-up from an initiative like this is going to be very interesting. I suspect it's going to be something that they're going to do once a year. But one of the things I observed at the event throughout the day was the the number of people who were excited and talking about technology. And I suppose not just technology. There was a lot of discussion on the day about funding and about how people access technology and about the, the different um, parts of our lives in which technology plays such an important role, regardless of our age or where we live or what we're doing. So it was really interesting and something that we want to uh, follow up with um, on, on, on a future edition of the podcast. But for now, Hector Minto was, I guess, the keynote speaker of the day. He was one of the first speakers. And for me, he was probably one of the most exciting. And I was delighted to be able to record his presentation, an excerpt of which you're going to hear now. So here from Freedom Tech 2017 is Microsoft's Hector Minto. 20 years ago, uh, I hate actually, but 20 years ago, uh, I was looking around for a job and I, and I found this amazing little company called QED on the south coast of England. Uh, and I went to work to sell what we call page buttons. Uh, this is going to make me look really old. <laughs> uh, and I know I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't look that old, but I sold these, believe it or not. These, uh, this device on the right. It's essentially a physical page turner, which looks like something out of Wallace and Gromit. I mean, it really is a Wallace and Gromit convention. Uh, to physically turn the page on a, on a book or, or a newspaper, it used a vacuum pump, it used a switch, and, it, and you used to have to kind of get blue tack to make sure that it, that it works properly. Does anybody in the room remember it? <laughs> Good, we're here. We're all in the room. Okay. Um, but of course, that same technology was being looked at at the time uh, by piano players. You know, because their hands were taken up at the time. So having to be able to change the, the, your, your, your sheet music was just as important, and the same kind of technology was being looked at by the same people. And that's really what we're going to look at today, is things that are used in the field of assistive technology or disability always find their way to the mainstream. I saw, I saw voice control before anyone here by system. I looked at eye-controlled computers. We looked at touchscreens. I remember clipping on touchscreens onto small computers and now you're all sat there with one in your pocket. But it came to disability first. It came to the field of assistive tech first. Of course, if you want to read a book today, you can just download it straight into your Edge browser. And that's fabulous. Uh, you know, we all want to be able to just read books on the go, on our Kindle, on our browser, on our phone. But what about people who cannot read? What about people who struggle with dyslexia, or who don't have English as a first language, or are reading a book from a different language? Well, Edge now, our browser, will allow you to right-click and read aloud. And not only will it read aloud and just let you hear the book, but it will read aloud with highlighting. And it's the highlighting that pulls in people with dyslexia, or people with low vision, or people learning English as initial language. Now, how on earth did we justify putting that technology into our mainstream browser if it's just a disability tool? The fact is it's not. Now that I know that that feature is there, I quite often, while I'm doing something else, just click read. 
and I listen to one thing while I type the other. I am the multitasking man that you've ever heard of. Okay, so let's challenge you to start off. What is non-assistive technology? It's almost crazy, isn't it, that we have this term, assistive technology. Is there anything that's non-assistive technology? The only thing I can possibly think of is the selfie toaster. Has anybody, anybody seen that? It came out a couple of years ago. Where you can take a phone and you can have, your have, it, and have it burnt onto your toast in the morning. You know, that's not assistive in any way whatsoever, I guess. Uh, but, but of course, uh, assistive technology is just technology. What we have is technology that excludes certain people. All technology is designed to assist all of us in our daily lives. But then we just have technology that excludes a certain proportion of the population. And with over a billion people with disabilities in the world, that's quite a large number of people that we're potentially excluding from our products. Uh, so I want to share a little bit about how we look at disability inside Microsoft right now. And this is really the, 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 the slide that I want you to remember from today. Uh, there are three types of exclusion or three types of disability that we look at. We have permanent disabilities. We have here somebody with uh, an upper limb, uh, a limb amputation, somebody missing an arm. Uh, then we have temporary disability. The same situation, somebody breaking their arm uh, and being unable to use it temporarily. And then we have situational disability, meaning if you're holding your child while you're trying to type an email, you are situationally disabled. You've got the same issue that the person with one arm has. Okay? The solution is the same. A quick challenge to the room. How do you type one-handed on a Windows computer? Who knows how to, how to do that? Speak, did you say? Very good. I mean, that's the 21st century version. Uh, but has anybody hit shift key five times on their computers and sticky keys came up? So there's this thing called sticky keys that came out in 1994, which allows somebody using one hand to type on the computer. How many people can honestly say they've heard of it? And in a room of 80 people, we're maybe looking at a third. Okay. Now, why are we not telling people when they break their arm? If you're going back to work in the morning, hit your shift key five times and you'll still be as productive as you were today before you broke your arm. Why are we not saying these things? Because these tools are there. They, these tools are built into a lot of mainstream technology. We just don't, we're just not very good at telling people where they are. We should have it so that every ER, every accident and emergency, just gives people a little bit of paper that says, or an email afterwards that says, hey, get back to work. <laughs> Get back to work and be productive. Turn sticky keys on. Okay, so I'm going to show you a number of these things. Uh, now, Siobhan, before I got here today, she said, make sure you're telling people about all the things in the Ease of Access Centre in Windows. And absolutely right. We have something called the Ease of Access Centre. It's here in your settings menu in Windows 10. Uh, and it allows you to personalise your computer experience with a disability in mind. So within there, we will find Things like, well, we now have eye control built in. So there's eye control built into Windows 10. You can buy a relatively low cost camera and it works natively with a keyboard, a standard keyboard in Windows. So somebody who can only use their eyes is now able to use a mainstream Windows computer. We have a narrator built in. This is our screen reader for people who are blind and have low vision. which reads out your pages for you, reads out your screen, reads out your functions. But that now has built in cognitive services. Which that, what that means is that if you see an image that is not described by the web developer, or somebody sends you a PowerPoint and there's no description behind the image, you can actually ask the internet to describe it for you. That's built into the narrator. We have bitmap smoothing on magnification, meaning that if, even if you magnify up eight times, 
you still have a smoother image as you saw before it was magnified because artificial intelligence is doing that for you, it's filling in the gaps. We have colorblind filters. One in eight men are colorblind. What are they doing on their computer? Uh, well, now you can just, for the quick uh, flick of a switch, you can turn on color filters for protonopia, tritonopia, deuteronopia, or put it into grayscale mode. I can honestly tell you, when I want to concentrate, when I sometimes just have to really sit down and get some work done, I put my computer into grayscale mode because I don't get distracted by all the colors and all the, all the icons around me. Uh, these, are, these, are, these are features that we, all, we can all benefit from. Uh, we have quiet time, so you can reduce the amount of animation for people who get distracted. Uh, we also do braille support, so you can plug in your braille, uh, this is a beta at the moment, uh, but you can plug in your, your braille reader and, and get notifications straight from Windows. So yes, there are lots of things landing in the ease of access center that are improving all the time. There's a big investment right now to really bring these features up to the 21st century. However, we must make products that are accessible to all. Here's a quote. We will focus on designing and building products that our customers love and are accessible to everyone and built for each of us. Who said this? Where is this coming from? And I would ask any of you from organizations you know, to think about your assistive technology or your accessibility policies and ask, well, who is leading on this stuff? The person that's leading on this at Microsoft is Satya Nadella himself. Uh, Satya has a son with cerebral palsy. Uh, he just came out with that actually recently, or just made that more public with the uh, publication of his book, Get Refresh. Uh, but he absolutely said, the reason I'm so engaged in this is actually, my son with disability has taught me that Microsoft has to create solutions that empower everybody. You know, we, we are excluding people like my own son. Uh, so, so it's really important within any organization to, uh, to, to get that buy-in from the top. And when you do, amazing things happen. We are now revisiting disability at Microsoft so that we don't just think of it as a, a personal health condition that you will find a solution for in the Ease of Access Center. What we think now is, actually, disability is just a mismatch between me and what I'm trying to achieve, and if we roll back to that permanent, temporary, and situational disability, uh, everything that we do when we think about disability and people who cannot do something can actually be used by lots of different people in lots of different ways, making them love our products more. So what we're going to start to see, you know, if, uh, I know David's going to talk about trends later, um, but when we think about the trends in assistive technology, we're going to move away, I think, from seeing this specialist solution that's always got a flashing wheelchair over the top of it to tell you this is the disability solution. What we're going to have to do is be more aware of what's just landing in the mainstream and how can we use it for people with disabilities, because we will have considered them in our design. Uh, this is uh, something called the Microsoft Inclusive Design Toolkit. You can download it, it's a website. Uh, you, can, uh, you can go and download all the cards, watch the videos, you know, run workshops in your own businesses, in your own organizations, and, and, and see how we are thinking about inclusive design. So, no flashing wheelchairs. There's a flashing wheelchair on the screen here now. Uh, we, we want to move away from this. We want to just make solutions that include absolutely everyone. So sticky keys is important, but actually, does the future mean that sticky keys will come up automatically when it sees that you're using one hand? When your computer recognizes it automatically, rather than you having to know that it exists? Uh, so let's just talk about some of the, the mainstream implementations that are going to help people with disabilities. And I want to just start with this one. This is in Office 365. It's Alt-Q, and it's called Tell Me. Now, how many of you know exactly how to find every function in Office 365? 
Exactly. You know, we, you know, we're talking about feature-rich products with lots of things that we don't necessarily know where to find them. And the reason we don't know how to do something is because we don't know where it belongs. We don't know where it lives. How many people have ever checked the accessibility of a document before they sent it? Tiny numbers. That's on everybody's Windows PC, that's in everybody's Office program right now. You can check the accessibility of a document before you send that out. Okay? But it's hidden away, or it was. I'm going to show you more of that later. Alt-Q allows you to go into Windows and just type in what you want to do. So let's say you want to put a picture in, and you can't find where that button is. You can press Alt-Q on your keyboard and type in, put photo in, insert picture. Whatever language you use, it will take you to the same setting. That helps me. That helps everybody. But imagine now that you're blind or have a physical disability. If you just know that everything that you want to do, you click Alt-Q, type in natural language, and go to the setting, uh, then that helps all of us. So it's inclusive design. We're, we're, we're making sure that it helps you and I and everybody in the room who doesn't necessarily need it for a disability, but actually we're making sure that it works for people with disabilities as well. Uh, we now do touch keyboard emoticons. The fastest growing language in the world is emoticons. Yeah, that is the fastest growing language in the world. It's incredible to think about. Uh, but actually, think how inclusive emoticons are. The more and more you embellish your text message with an emoticon, or you, you put something into a document, it actually gives some, some context to what you're saying. Of course, us in the disability field know that we've been using symbols since day one. You know, since the 80s. Uh, you know, we've been using pictures in classrooms. Since the printer came out, we've been using symbols in special schools uh, for people who are non-literate. But actually now, the mainstream is catching up with us now, and actually everyone's recognising that symbol just says you know, exactly what you want to say. So we have lots of new symbols in, in Windows now. Uh, take a look at this one. This is PowerPoint Designer. So there's a lot of thought gone into this. Uh, how many of us can honestly say that we make beautiful slides? Yeah? We're going to test the rest of you, you know, the food today, I guess. Uh, but making beautiful slides is something that you know, might be a luxury for, for most of us. But imagine if you're blind. Can you trust that what you're presenting shows your best self? Yeah? What if you have a physical disability and it just takes you ten times longer to do stuff? Now all you need to do in PowerPoint is put an image in, and then you get ideas on the side that give you examples of what that might look like. The cloud actually looks at the colour of your photo, the words you're using, and says, make it look like this. Now that's fabulous for all of us. We can now go and make much more beautiful slides and uh, take them to presentations. Uh, but again, consider now that you're blind or have a physical disability, how long that would take you to make beautiful looking slides. And then the person with a disability is always presenting themselves as having lower quality presentation materials. That cannot be right. So we've thought about this as part of it. So for the eagle-eyed moisture, uh, when the image is put into the, uh, into the PowerPoint, the cloud labels it. So the cloud puts alt text or alternative text behind the image so that somebody who's using a screen reader will have a description. That is standard now in Office 365. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that piece. Uh, Hector Minto is an extremely interesting guy. I could listen to him for ages. And one thing that really struck me was the passion he has for the technology that Microsoft are producing. And it is really interesting, especially when he talks about some of the uh, features and functionality available in Office 2016, some of which I have used myself, but not all by any means. Now, that's just about it. Thank you for uh, listening to our podcast. Thank you to Sharon Lyons and Hector. Terminto. We're back in February with lots more technology and more tricks that you can do with your Amazon Echo. Until then, from Stuart Lawler, thank you for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.